morning and welcome to this is podcast yes we're in our usual slot today we are a record well live streaming as you can see on wednesday it's a big day in america but it's a big day here as well as we preview the upcoming playoffs in the ipl and as usual it's a very warm welcome to prasan prasan good afternoon how are you my friend I'm very good. Thank you so much, Bharat. Good morning to you uh, back in the UK. Um, thank you so much for having me again. I think it's been a great week of IPL action. 56 matches it took for us to land the final four who'll be playing in the playoffs. So I think a very interesting week of cricket that was and uh, certainly very potential uh, fun week that we're going to get of the IPL to come. Yeah, I mean, this is saying, obviously, that uh, a week in politics is a very long time, but a week in the IPL and the last week we've had, um, the last show we did, um, personally speaking, I thought the uh, player positions were pretty much um, sorted. The question of uh, who was going to play who in the top four. Uh, but uh, who would have thought that the uh, playoffs would not be decided with two games to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it surprised all of us, I think, uh, with all the bottom place teams suddenly winning. The top uh, three teams, uh, you know, losing momentum, all of a sudden losing steam and losing uh, so many matches. Delhi Capitals lost four in a row and they won against RCB to seal their spot in the top two. RCB as well, you know, they lost four matches in a row and somehow managed to uh, walk into the playoffs uh, and land that fourth spot. So, I think a lot of interesting matches have happened. A lot of interesting results have taken place. And I think that's what the IPL is about. You know, no team can be taken lightly. Form is just uh, probably another word in the dictionary when it comes to the IPL. So, I think that's uh, that's lovely to see that all the teams are uh, well-balanced and uh, they're equally raring to go into the playoffs um, with a whole lot of momentum and hopefully win the title. I think it just goes to show um, the vagaries of T20 cricket. No matter where you are in the table or what your form is, you can beat the top team. Yeah, absolutely. We saw Kingsland Punjab, you know, we saw the Rajasthan Royals uh, chase that mammoth target the other day with Ben Stokes scoring that 60-ball 107. So, I, again, you know, it's it's not about being on top of the table unless you can be consistent. But the Mumbai Indians have managed to be consistent and that's why they've topped the table. The other teams, uh, again, we spoke about the Delhi Capitals and Royal Challengers, Bangalore, they really weren't consistent um, in, all, in all facets of the game and uh, that's why they lost so many. But Somehow, they've managed to make the playoffs. And I think um, with two of the four teams having uh, picked up so many losses, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting set of games to come. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, the CSK fans must be feeling really happy with the way their team ended the tournament and how they spoiled the progression of others. Um, they had a, They finished in a way that we thought they'd play throughout the tournament, but a really strong finish, winning three back-to-back -back games very comfortably and uh, a player that um, was new to me obviously he's well known back home uh, Rutraj Gaikwad um, another young talent that's uh, come through yeah it's fantastic to see what he's done you know three man of the match performances three uh, fifties in a row you know he joined elite clubs uh, which only had uh, members like Virendra Sevag and Kohli and it's great to see that uh, he was given an opportunity and he grabbed it with both hands I think MS Dhoni was very vocal about the fact that the CSK team was missing the spark and the intent at the top of the order. And that's exactly what Rutraj Gaikwad managed to give them in the last three games. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, you know, the CSK fans will probably be hurting 
uh, from the fact that they weren't able to make it through. And uh, for the first time in IPL history, you know, that the Chennai Super Kings haven't made the playoffs. But they'll take heart from the fact that, um, you know, the way Gaikwad played and, um, you know, obviously the other players as well, Ambati Raidu found some form. Uh, the bowler, Sam Curran, is a big plus for them. Yeah. Uh, he was a great all-round presence uh, in their side throughout the competition. So, I think a lot of positives to take home from the, for them. But the biggest positive is uh, hashtag definitely not, which was trending for three years after that uh, final toss uh, when, C- uh, when Dhoni came out and when he was asked whether he's playing his final CSK match and he's like, definitely not. So, Dhoni is here to stay and that's great to see for the sport of cricket and obviously... CSK fans will take a big heart from the fact that, uh, you know, that Skipper is going to be there for one more season at least. Yeah, I know last time we spoke, I was a little bit uh, gloomy about the prospects and what a big uh, turnover of players they'll need and hope that there is an auction that will allow them to do that. But quite a few positives when you look back. And um, like I said, uh, Rudraj being one, Sam Curran had a brilliant uh, IPL showing what he's been doing. England uh, in the IPL as well and showing its value as a proper all-rounder but also like you mentioned the big news there it's not the last time we've seen MS in a yellow jersey Um, is it realistic though not play any sort of cricket and then come back for the T20 tournaments I know other players international players do that but they go into other T20 uh, tournaments around the world and keep playing that way uh, do you think it's possible and feasible for MS to do that? Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough. There's no doubt about it because, uh, you know, when you're playing the IPL, it's certainly a different level of uh, challenging cricket that you're going to be playing. And we saw that earlier this year when most of the batsmen couldn't get going early on. And only towards the later half of the IPL, we saw players settling in and uh, uh, scoring those big runs or taking those important wickets. So it's definitely going to be hard. There's no doubt about it. But I think... Uh, MS Dhoni has been uh, synonymous with CSK and he's known as Thala for a reason. You know, he's really the biggest image um, that comes into one's mind when you speak about CSK. And I think he still wants to give a lot back to CSK. And um, again, franchisee cricket pays well as well. And, uh, you know, we're hearing that he has a few stakes here and there at CSK. So that's probably what's um, keeping him going. And it's undoubtedly going to be hard. There's no doubt about it because you can't just walk into the IPL without having played cricket before. But uh, MS Dhoni is a quality player. He's experienced. Um, this year, he wasn't at his best. That's probably due to the rustiness. And I think this will be a big decisive factor about uh, how he comes good in the next season. But having said that, you know, I think we're only maybe four to five months away from IPL 2021, which will probably start sometime in April. So, uh, it isn't a very, very big gap if you look at it. But then again, yeah, these four or five months can also make a difference because of how tough and challenging the IPL is in terms of competition. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how he comes uh, comes out and plays when IPL 2021 begins. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, whether he plays or he will definitely be involved in CSK for years to come. I know he's already talking about the next 10 years. So, you can see uh, how long-term thinking he has in terms of building the team. So, he's definitely going to be part of it and that's good to hear. Um, one thing that I was surprised with, uh, again, this is the vagaries of T20. I thought CSK would finish bottom, but the Royals did. Um, I mean, it was you say they finished bottom, but well, I say they finished bottom. That's what the table says. But there's not, there's only a two point difference between finishing uh, in the bottom and in the playoffs. So that it was a very tight tournament. Um, so very close games made the difference uh, for the Royals, and also maybe not having. Um, 
uh, the main man at the at the start um, uh, of the tournament because he was um, quarantining in New Zealand. Yeah, they definitely miss Ben Stokes up front. There's no doubt about it because he was going to be the player who was going to give them stability. And uh, they definitely missed his services both with the bat and with the ball and obviously on the field as well. And we saw how much of a difference he made when he came back. You know, they opened the batting with him. Uh, he only failed a couple of matches, but otherwise he was fantastic. He scored that important 60-ball 1-0-7 against the Mumbai Indians, which gave them that huge win. But in the end, you know, uh, inconsistencies hit them hard. You know, Sanju Samson and Steve Smith didn't score for about six to seven games after they played their first two games in Sharjah. So, that definitely didn't help their cause. And neither did the musical chairs and merry-go-round in the bowler bowling unit um, help them because they tried Varun Aran, they tried Jaydev Unadkar, they tried Karthik Tyagi. Jofra Archer was probably the only consistent one mm. who played uh, and looked fantastic for them. So, I think it was a lot of chopping and changing that really hurt their cause. Uh, you know, Tom Curran being played, Andrew Tai being played. They eventually tried so many players and the combination didn't work. Uh, Yashasvi Jaiswal opened the batting a few times. He was dropped. Robin Utapa was uh, played at the top of the order very late in the tournament, uh, despite his uh, success at the top. So, I think in a way, there were a lot of inconsistencies and the fact that uh, they chained, top, chopped and changed so much that really hurt their cause. So, sad to see that they really finished at the bottom because they looked a promising unit ever since Ben Stokes arrived. But that's what the IPL is about. You know, again, it took us 56 matches to land the top four. So, uh, as you rightly mentioned, it was a very, very tight IPL. And I think uh, it's going to continue the same way in the playoffs as well. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I think the, the playoffs are going to be very, very close. Um, but also, I think a lot of positives for the Royal. I know you mentioned about the form of a couple of players, uh, Smith and uh, Samson, but, and the changing. Uh, but I think the core, uh, it, it looks, you know, if they keep the core, uh, it looks uh, a team that will be... Back at it next uh, next uh, April uh, if the tournament goes as scheduled. I think they've got the uh, they haven't got as many issues as maybe let's say uh, CSK in terms of the turnover. I think they've got the core players that could make uh, for a challenge next season. Absolutely, look, they have certainly their foreigners are very keen the unit because Josh Butler, Sanju, uh, Steve Smith, Ben Stokes, and Jofra Archer are four players who are match winners on their day, and uh, you know they obviously. Three of them are a part of England's World Cup winning squad. So, I think it's fantastic to see the strength that they have. And obviously, Sanju Sanson is someone uh, who's done very well in the domestic circuit and even in the IPL. I think they should have really started opening with Robin Nutapa if he was going to play in that 11 in the first place. And uh, they tried him at 4 and 5 and that didn't really work. But once he was promoted to the top of the order, he started doing well, started giving them important starts. And um, that was probably a tactical error on their part. And even on the bowling front, you know, they, they didn't really have an incisive bowler unless they, uh, I mean, until they played Karthik Tyagi. And despite the fact that he was a little expensive, um, he's someone who brings in a lot of energy with his bowling. And uh, next season as well, you know, when they play, if there's no mega auction, then Karthik Tyagi and Joe Frarcher could be a very, very good pairing. So, they certainly have all the ingredients to make a good side. And uh, as you said, you know, we might really see them do much better than what they did this season uh, next year on. Another team, I think, um, uh, is it, it, in a very good position um, for next year. I think, again, keep the core of the players. And one team I had a soft spot for in the terms, uh, in terms of how they were playing and, uh, uh, you know, really entertaining cricket was uh, Kings Eleven Punjab. I mean, again, we go back to they were on a winning streak, winning five back to 
thought another win and they'll well it would have been uh, enough for them to uh, qualify for the playoffs depending on net run rate obviously but uh, they lost the last two games uh, unexpectedly for me um uh, it's a big one obviously um they beat KKR with a crucial game uh, but then they lost to uh, the Royals, which I was surprised about. And then uh, CSK did a job over them. Uh, disappointing end for Kings XI Punjab, who I thought, you know, considering they've got the best batsman in the tournament. Well, even the opener, Mayanka, was doing an incredible job as well. And the, the bowling seemed really good. We talked about them in the first few weeks about how exciting that team was with the close finishes. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a team's always interesting when it's got Chris Gale in there. Uh, he's a, he's the universe boss for a reason and he really brings that energy into the side. And uh, we saw right when he came into Kingston Punjab before their game against RCB. From there on, they won five matches in a row. And um, despite the fact that he didn't contribute much except that 199 and obviously that 50 that he scored against RCB, there's still one matches. And uh, his presence was really an insurance of sorts for Kale Rahul and Mandeep Singh and then later on Mayank Agarwal to really go freely about the batting and he really changed the dynamics of the team and they should have played Chris Gale right from the start. You know, it still surprises me why they didn't play him. Uh, he's such a big match winner but uh, that's all in the past and they probably realised that uh, Chris Gale's addition could have been way earlier. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, in that match where Deepak Huda scored that 60-odd, uh, none of the other batsmen could apply themselves. They lost wickets in a heap and that's, that's why they lost that game. But... Uh, of course, five wins in a row, uh, that's something that really, really surprised all of us because I myself said on the show, you know, sometime back that uh, probably Kingsland Punjab will finish at bottom, at the bottom. But uh, good that they didn't, you know, they put up a fight and uh, they really spiced up the race for that, um, for those four spots on the points table. So, great to see such cricket being played, you know, that can only be good for the IPL, be good for the sport as a whole. Uh, but unfortunately, they lost uh, two matches and they couldn't make the playoffs. So, but Kingsland Punjab's loss really opened up avenues for RCB and DC to easily qualify. And um, so everything had a, was sort of a chain reaction and eventually Kingsland Punjab weren't beneficiaries of that. But that's what the IPL is about. They learn from their mistakes. And uh, KL Rahul's first season as captain did have a few um, ups and downs. And uh, he'll certainly learn from that and come back stronger next year. And while you were saying that, I was just checking my notes, but uh, I don't know, was it Kings XI Punjab that lost that uh, very tight game because that one run wasn't given? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, about that. that could have made a big difference. <laughs> that was a clear empowering mistake. Absolutely. You know, if, if uh, the, that one short run was given uh, in Chris Jordan's credit, the Kings XI Punjab would have made the playoffs and RCB would have lost out on that spot. So... That's what that's what cricket is. It's all about small margins, and um, unfortunately, again, luck wasn't in Kingsland Punjab's favor. But they made did make quite a few uh, errors on on the tactical front of things. So I think in a way they'll probably look back at it and reflect on the mistakes they made and uh, come back stronger next year. And uh, I should have picked up on this. Uh, we had a question last week uh, from Mohit Sharma, uh, and I apologize uh, to Mohit. I didn't raise it last week, but I think, uh, it's still relevant at the moment. Um, did they make a mistake in not putting? Uh, I know we talked about Universe Boss and the impact he has, and he should have played, um, uh, you know, a bit earlier. But do you think uh, Puran? His question was um, Puran should should have been at number three ahead of um, Chris Gale. I don't think you can play Chris Gale too low down the order because he's someone who's really opened the batting for... Uh, I think there was a stat out of 370-odd matches that he's played. He's uh, come down 
uh, I think in number three only six times in his career, and he hasn't played below that. So uh, it was either going to be opening or one down for Chris Gale. And considering the fact that the Kings and Punjab openers were going all guns blazing at the top, you know, with Mike Agarwal and Kale Rahul putting on quite a show, they were okay to play Chris Gale at three because it was also giving them that sort of insurance. that uh, you know there was someone to back up uh, you know if they in case you know they didn't score and that's exactly what happened and uh, given that nicholas puran was also scoring that insurance was something that probably kept chris gale at number 3 and didn't really get him to open the inning so i think that was what it was and um, you really can't play gale below 3 because the more number of deliveries he gets the more um, impactful he can be so i think that was why they played him at 3 yeah i i i agree with that i think um It would have been a big call to put uh, Chris Gale at number four. You do need to give him uh, as much game time as possible. Um, another team that would have been looking on at the RCB DC, uh, Delhi Capitals game with uh, you know mixed feelings and seeing how it panned out uh, was uh, KKR because I think they would have thought, yeah, one of these teams might you know affect um, their run rate. But then they also had the backup that surely Mumbai Indians would beat uh, Sunrisers. But both of those uh, things did not go for them. Yeah, I mean, after that 60-run win against the Rajasthan Royals, they would have probably put their feet up in the air and uh, you know said, okay, one of these two teams between Royal Challengers Bangalore and the Delhi Capitals are probably going to uh, you know mess up. Or it just needed the Delhi Capitals to get the target within 17.3 hours and. eventually it uh, stretched all the way till the 19th over and obviously rcb uh, the net run rate was better than kkr and yeah, i mean i think everyone expected the mumbai indians to beat sunrisers in charger but uh, let's not forget the mumbai indians didn't play their two premier pacers bolt and bumrah in that uh, match which is why the sunrisers picked up that massive 10 wicket win and eventually the night riders fans needed to wait more than 48 hours and still they didn't make the playoffs so I think it was definitely a heartbreak for them, but uh, that's what the IPL is about. If you don't win, and you don't win convincingly, which has been the case with RCB as well, uh, you need to bring out your calculators. You need to invest your money into statisticians and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think KKR will probably want to look back at that season, and uh, obviously they changed the captain midway, and uh, it didn't really bring in too much of uh, fortune in on their side, but. Uh, that's what that's what it is you know they probably wanted a change wanted to see how they can um, make the most out of iron morgan's experience as captain but it eventually it didn't work out for them and they missed out on a berth in the last four just on that note uh, how much influence do you think i mean obviously with the exceptions of virat and uh, ms uh, how much influence do you think the uh, captains have or is it more about the backroom staff and the head coaches that influence team lineups and selections I think it's it's a it's a mix of both, but the captain obviously has the bigger say because eventually he's going to be the one who's leading the side on the field, and uh, there's only little that the backroom staff can do on the field. So if the captain's not happy with the selections made or the, the players in his side, then it's definitely going to impact the performance on the field. So I think um, the captain has the most say in uh, the team selection and who makes the team and who doesn't. So uh, in that sense, yeah, uh, the captain obviously has the upper hand in team selections, I guess. And just on a follow-up, and it's just something I've just thought about. Do you think it makes a difference? Because obviously the majority of players are Indian. Uh, is it easier to if you've got an Indian captain uh, than a international player? I think so. Uh, more because of the reason that, uh, let's say, for example, I mean, Ian Morgan obviously is a class player, but 
in case he wasn't going to find form you know you can't drop your captain and uh, the ipl team one ipl team can have only four foreign players and if one of them isn't in form then uh, you really have nowhere to go because let's consider the case of the night riders themselves you know they obviously andre russell wasn't in form and uh, the, probably the injury kept him out but in case they wanted to drop him and even the case of sunil narayan he didn't find form he was warned for his action in case either of them was a kkr captain you know they couldn't drop their captain and uh, make someone else a captain all of a sudden so uh, it's probably a double edged sword in that sense considering that uh, you know a foreign player if he doesn't find form in the tournament it will be very very hard for uh, the team to find another captain and that's why most captains are indian captains are, um but obviously david warner has proven over time how how good a captain he is he really really pumps the team up every single time that down in the dumps and um, yeah i think uh, over time we'll start seeing that the team start building a team which will revolve around an indian captain solely because of the fact that you can't really depend on one out of the four foreigners to uh, deliver all the time for you and that's why you have different options in your side to make up for any loss in form yeah and just to finish on kkr i thought they, they did amazing job beating the capitals um, last weekend uh, but that they had back to back losses uh, the big one obviously being against kings 11 punjab and then um, the spoilers for everybody csk um so they had their chances but they just didn't grab it and they were uh, but i still think a little bit um unlucky just like the kings 11 punjab uh, not in, not to get into the players but it was very very tight i think probably the tightest um, ipl we've had um, i think with two games to go the players still undecided uh, but now moving to the top four and the team that i didn't think would finish in fourth position uh, were your boys um, how happy were you that delhi delhi didn't go for uh, the win in 17 overs well i i don't think uh, delhi were the sort of side who were going to spoil the party because uh, at no stage did it look like they were really targeting no. that 17.3 um, yeah, you know mark uh, once shreya sir you know came into bat uh, it it just looked like they were just going to aim for those two points and uh, i i don't think it mattered to them you know who would make the third position or fourth position because they were targeting the top two and uh, their aim was to win the match at all costs so it worked obviously in rcb's favor because the match stretched into the 19th over and uh, eventually it finished uh, before even the first ball of the 20th over was bowled so uh, bowled so uh, it worked in rcb's favor and um, to answer your question i'm not happy that it went all the way there because eventually we will be going into the playoffs on the back of four losses and that's never a good thing you know when you don't have momentum when you don't know which player is going to perform for you and um, i think a lot of questions need to be answered uh, by the rcb players and by the team management before they step onto the field against sunrisers because sunrisers have a 10 wicket win against the defending champions mumbai needs to show before they come into that eliminator so i think it's going to be a massive match and uh, sunrisers have the upper hand going into the clash oh right you think uh, sunrisers are favorites for that going based, based yeah, just no. on the on the form going into the tournament i mean into the playoffs yeah well they have three wins in a row and uh, you know the opening combinations working fabulously well for them uh you you wouldn't probably pick uh, saha and warner to do better than bairstow and warner but that's been the case you know saha has got a chance finally and he's uh, grabbed the opportunity with both hands he's he's done a phenomenal job in the three games they've played and uh, warner's also back in form so i think everything's clicking for them the bowling department you know we spoke about earlier mm-hmm. how 
they might really miss the services of bhuvneshwar kumar but rashid khan shahwaz nadeem i think sandeep sharma's efforts have really been swept under the carpet natarajan's yeah. yorkers and uh, you know his variations towards the end so i think that looking a very complete unit in terms of uh, bowling and batting and uh, jason holders inclusion as well you know i think in my opinion jason holders probably the most underrated all-rounder in t20 cricket the ease at which he can hit those sixes and uh, even trouble the batsman with his uh, nagging line and length i think um, they have a very very good squad heading into the eliminator it's it's strange uh, i know i i did him a disservice now uh, by calling him vanilla but uh, they were inconsistent they were you know big performances from them during the group stage but when it mattered i mean like you said uh, they beat the big uh, top 3 um in, in in the run up to getting into the playoffs um and i think they've also um made the playoffs every every time they've uh, been in existence as well that's some achievement because we always assume you know mumbai indians csk will be there but uh, sunrisers have been there every time they've uh, played yeah i think uh, that's that's been the hallmark of that side because you know they invest on youngsters uh they don't really go for the biggest names in t20 cricket you know obviously warner uh williamson is isn't really rated very highly as a t20 cricketer because he can't clear the boundaries too much uh johnny best obviously has comes with a very good cv but again he's not exactly played too much of t20 cricket for people to consider him as an ipl legend so if you look at it in that sense you know they uh, they really developed rashid khan into the player that he is right now you know before that Uh, he hadn't played the IPL. They picked him out of the Afghanistan junior level. So, I think they've done a phenomenal job on investing in youngsters. And there are so many youngsters in that side. Even now, Priyam Garg, Abdul Samad, uh, Tangarasu, Natarajan, Abhishek Sharma. So, it just goes on to show how they don't really pay too much for a player. They don't invest heavily on a player. They don't spend 14 crores, 15 crores on a player. Instead, they spend their pockets of money. And uh, that's what makes them a very good team. That they know exactly the gaps they need to fill. how each player complements another and uh, that's that's why they're so successful in the IPL yeah and they usually play their four international tender with best uh, warner holder and williamson if they're all um they do in, um pick their squad really really well that you know they're going to play these internationals if they're going to buy them they will play uh, yeah. but also i have to mention here the fact that you actually got three out of the four prediction in terms of the playoffs so uh, 75% that is really really good the big one being sunrises because when when you said uh, sunrises should get the, uh, into the playoffs uh, i was a little bit skeptical but there's a reason you're on this show as the expert uh, you called it the only one you didn't get and i think it was a surprise to most people is csk but you got the indians you got the capitals and obviously yeah. your boys rcb you're very confident they were going to have a good season So they've got into the playoffs, but uh, Sunrise is either about. There's a brilliant, brilliant call from you. Um, but um, like I said, that's why you're on this show here. Um, but moving to my boys, and it was um, you know nail-biting times uh, because you know, <laughs> like I said, uh, incredibly talented team, and they were consistent. But then they lost lost back-to-back games. It was a surprise for me when they lost to KKR so easily. um and then they had to uh, grind out a result i mean I, i agree with you i don't think they went for that 17 over victory i think they just wanted to ensure that they got into the playoffs and in second position but they've got there and um i think it's been a really good tournament uh, generally speaking although the consistency has not been there for the capitals yeah and that stems from the fact that they have a fantastic core of players you know they have uh, shikha dhawan he scored two half centuries in a row and then followed it by two centuries in a row so i think um, 
uh, his form was going to be very crucial but obviously he didn't score too much after that he got a six and then he, <laughs> sorry he got a zero and uh, against rcb though he got a very crucial half um, you know he scored 60 and rahane scored uh, uh, 50 uh, 60 as well so i think um, that's what uh, that's what the team is about they have a very very strong core of players and although prithvi shaw hasn't really fired you know he's someone uh, who plays a fire fire brand type of cricket and uh, on his day he can really go berserk but uh, they have shreya sayer rishabh pant you know on the bowling front they've got kahisar abada and andrik nokia and um, i think nokia's hands down been the biggest surprise for me yeah. i knew for a fact that he bowls fast and he bowls at the stumps but for him to taste so much success um i think he's got two man of the match awards if i'm not wrong and one from the last game that uh, they played against rcb so i think uh, the two south african speedsters have uh, you know sort of complemented each other very well and obviously ashwin and haksa patel bringing their experience to the fore and uh, yeah it just it just looks like a fantastic side and uh, a team which is really well um, well oiled it looks like a well oiled machine but i'm just really wa- worried for uh, you know the delhi capitals when they face the mumbai indians because of the fact that uh, the middle order hasn't really fired you know shreya sayer hasn't converted his starts i think rishabh pant is in a little bit of an identity crisis uh, he doesn't really know uh, what he's doing out in the middle he's probably a little too slow for his own liking but uh, otherwise yeah they um, they fell to four consecutive losses and then they won a very important match against rcb so they'll have momentum on their side and they'll have the belief more importantly that they can definitely make the final uh, by winning the match against mumbai yeah and uh, talking about mumbai i was surprised to see rohit uh, start on um... on uh, monday was it tuesday i forget the days now but um, i thought his injury was a bit more medium to short to medium term so that's well, that left all of us in back. quite a pickle didn't it <laughs> yeah i mean uh, all of us were wondering why uh, we were wondering two things one is how what the extent of the injury was for him mm. to not play at all and now we're suddenly wondering what the extent is for him to not be picked in the limited over side um, you know it's left all of us in a pickle we really don't know what's going on because um, as uh, journalists you know we're supposed to know what's happening even sunil gavaskar um, came out on the open and then he said uh, you know you, you need to let the indian cricket fan know what is happening because rohit sharma is obviously one of india indian cricket's biggest performers he's a superstar and for him not to be picked for the limited overs format where he's um, tasted so much success and obviously he's not picked for the test side as well but there's a clause there which says uh, he will be picked if he um, you know proves his fitness so a <laughs> lot of question marks around all of that uh, people are saying it's a hamstring tear it's a hamstring strain lot of lot of uh, theories floating around and unless someone from the mumbai indians or someone from the bcci come out in the open and tell us what the real story is i think um, we're going to continue building castles in the air yeah I, i was really surprised and the, the lack of information uh, you think he would have shared the information with the select national team selectors at least uh, for them yeah. to make the statement that he was going to have a treatment and um, you know he's got the option of joining the test team but i don't think he'd be risking if it's a, a an injury i'm going to risk surely risk a long term injury by playing for the indians and then missing out on the australian tour because that is a pinnacle for a lot of players playing in australia yeah absolutely i think uh, it's going to be a very important series because the indian team will be back in action after the last time they bowed out of the world cup uh, post that semi final loss against new zealand so uh, it's a very important series you know a lot of in- interesting inclusions as well in that side um, uh, varun chakravarty being one of them i think he's been phenomenal for kkr 
I was honestly surprised when he was picked, but uh, he brings in that variety. He's a specialist uh, player, and that's what the T20 format is about. You need to have specialists in your side, and um, the Mumbai yeah, Indians. Mean, you know, the other day we saw how Surya Kumar Yadav, uh, you know, the gestures he made and that stare he uh, <laughs> stare off he had with Virat Kohli. I think it's fantastic to see. That is a sort of um, cricket that and attitude that we need. Uh, because obviously he made his, um, uh, you know, he made his intentions clear. He wasn't uh, just pulling around and begging for a spot. He was staring at Kohli and telling him that, you know what, I'm here. You see what I can do, and you still don't pick me. I don't have anything to tell you. I'm going to let my bat do the talking. Yeah, and I've got quite a few questions about the selection, especially a few players who were admitted, a couple that were selected. But we'll talk about that in the next show. But. Uh, yeah, big question mark as to what's happening with Rohit. Uh, but it's a big boost for the Indians just to have him in there. Um, if he's fully fit, obviously. Uh, but he, mu- he must be, surely. He can't play uh, half fit Rohit Sharma in, in, in any sort of um, uh, game. Um, I know that he's getting to the crucial stages, but they've not done too badly when he's not played as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of mystery uh, surrounding him. So moving into the, um, uh, the uh, playoffs and what's going to happen in the next couple of days, um, I'm I'm holding out the hope that you know the Indians have beaten the Capitals both times so far in the group stages, so third time lucky. Um, what do you think about that game, the first uh, qualifier? Oh, it's definitely going to be a very interesting class because uh, look again, the Delhi Capitals have been slightly inconsistent in terms of batting. Uh, we spoke about how. Shikhar Dhawan found form, Rahane has found form, but uh, otherwise the middle order is looking a little too shaky. Uh, Shreya Sair hasn't converted his starts. Rishabh Pant has been very, very uncharacteristically slow this uh, IPL and uh, he seems to be in sort of an identity crisis and, you know, he obviously must be hurting from the fact that he wasn't picked for the Indian side. But again, that middle order looks a little too shaky. On the other hand, you mentioned how the Mumbai Indians have... uh, done really well despite the absence of uh, Rohit Sharma and that's what the Mumbai Indians are about. They have quality performers who will step up and uh, really deliver when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, we've seen how Ishan Kishan and Suri Kumar Yadav have produced knocks of substance. Quinton Dickock obviously is in the form of his life. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyron Pollard can turn the match on any given day. So I think the Mumbai Indians are looking a very, very well-rounded unit and the Delhi Capitals have, have to bring in more than just their A-game to beat the Mumbai Indians uh, in the first qualifier. And I think um, the uh, Sunrisers might have done Mumbai a bit of a favour by beating them in the last game. You know, you just need that uh, wake-up call and uh, no better time than just before you play uh, a qualifier. Um, but, yep. uh, yeah, I think Quinton de Kock is going to be a big uh, the form that he's in. I think he needs to be, uh, if Delhi can get him out early, I know there's very few weak links in the Mumbai Indians team, but I think if if they can get him out early, it might give him better hope. Um, I don't have any issues with Indian uh, the Delhi Capitals bowling, like you mentioned. I think that's solid, but it's the batsmen and the uh, the form that they've been. Um, I think if a couple of them get in, like uh, at the start with uh, like you mentioned, Shekhar and uh, Shreyas comes up with an innings. Um, Rahane, I think, is informed, but I think they need support from a couple of the others. Then Delhi has got a very, very good chance. Uh, but uh, yeah, very few weaklings in the Mumbai Indians, and I can see them being well, they are the favorites, but I think that, that, that I'm just holding out hope that they'll be third time lucky for the Capitals. Um, how can the Hyderabad uh, team beat your boys? Well, I think they just need to continue playing the brand that they're playing. Um, you know, RCB have uh 
I, I'm really, I'm really shocked with the way the openers have played. You know, I think if you take the case of the Sunrisers Hyderabad themselves, uh, David Warner and Ridhiman Saha have been very, very positive right from the onset. You know, they've gone for their big shots. Unfortunately, that's been missing with RCB. Uh, we might have the biggest average in terms of uh, the opening partnership, but uh, in D20 cricket, you know, the average doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, as long as you don't have a good strike rate. So. Unfortunately, that strike rate and that positive opening and the positive start hasn't really been there for RCB. And I think um, the biggest issue for the Royal Challengers Bangalore is the rather weak low middle order, if I can put it that way, after AB de Villiers, because you don't really expect Shivam Dubey, Gurkirat Singhman, Washington Sundar to score to score a bulk of the runs, and they can't do it at a fast pace, you know, like other finishers. If you see any other team, they've got someone to bat as insurance. And RCB, unfortunately, don't have that luxury. And that's why we see Abe de Villiers and Virat Kohli biding their time out in the middle, during the middle overs. And uh, they try and stretch the game as much as possible uh, to give themselves that amount of cushion um, and uh, go big in the final overs. As for the bowling, I think it's still okay in a way. You know, uh, they probably might want to replace Isuru Dana with uh, Navdeep Saini if he's back and somehow try and get Moin Ali or Aaron Finch back in the lineup. Because Josh Felipe, in the three matches he's played, he's done decently well, but uh, probably his uh, returns aren't as great as they expected it to be. So I think a lot to discuss for RCB, specifically in terms of the late finishing and slightly towards the slog overs. SRH, on the other hand, uh, we discussed it earlier as well. They're looking fantastic at the top. Manish Pandey's also got runs at number three. They've got Kane Williamson. They've got exciting youngsters. The bowling is looking very good as a unit. So, I think that's probably why they're walking into that clash as favourites. Wow. They're going into that favourites. I would have said any team with Virat and AB would slightly be more confident as a supporter. But, uh, yeah, I take your point in terms of the form the Hyderabad team. And that, that is crucial when you come to must-win games is the form, the confidence that that brings. Um, so that's going to be a really, really good game. Um, so are you agreed with me that Mumbai Indians will win qualify one and you're going to go with your boys? Are you going to stick your neck out? I know you said either about are probably favourites, but um, I'm fancying your boys to win that one. Yeah, I, I think RCB definitely know where they're going wrong. And, uh, you know, the, that's the funny thing about cricket. When you, when you speak about momentum, sometimes it can turn into complacency. And uh, if that's the case with the Sunrisers Hyderabad, because they picked three wins in a row, and uh, the middle order has pretty much been untested in the last three games. You know they haven't had too much of batting to do. So I think um, that might be one area that RCV will want to target. And I think we we've got the bowlers, we've got seven bowling options. So I think um, I will pick Mumbai Indians for the first match and pick RCB for the second game. And um, you know probably we'll see where it goes from there on. <laughs> Yeah, I fancy uh, the Capitals to beat your boys in the uh, second qualifier. But, uh, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and then we'll have a brilliant final against the Mumbai Indians. But, uh, no, it's going to be fascinating because you can't call it. Apart from the Indians, I mean, the other three teams are pretty uh, you know, similar in terms of um, uh, how they're going into the uh, playoffs. Talked about form and Hyderabad, but... Uh, players the the capitals and rcb have got any of these teams on their day and we've seen what can happen on the day in t20 cricket can go all the way and win this tournament uh, so it's going to be fascinating and really really interesting and really looking forward to um, how it pans out because um, we can predict all we like but there's one thing for sure you can't predict <laughs> t20 games 
but um, moving on to another tournament that's starting, and it, it, this is for me, um, you know, I, I have strong views about this one, and it's the uh, women's T uh, Twenty Challenge that's starting today. I think it's um, three teams. Um, maybe you want to tell us a bit more in terms of uh, the, the the format and the uh, the majority of the players that I, I believe are from India, the Indian women. Um, so if you want to tell our listeners and viewers about the T20 challenge. Yeah, so basically there are three teams playing and, uh, you know, Supernova, Velocity and uh, Trailblazers. So the Supernovas will be led by the Indian uh, T20 captain, uh, Harman Preet Kaur. Velocity will be led by the Indian ODI captain, Mithili Raj. And the Trailblazers will be led by Smriti Mandana. So uh, the Supernovas are the defending champions. They won the last two editions of the Women's T20 Challenge. And uh, they will be opening their uh, campaign this time against the Velocity. We've got a total of four matches and the final will be played on November 9th. But I think in a way, you know, I'm really disappointed with the way the women's T20 challenge has sort of been, I mean, I'd like to put it in a way that it's been squeezed in uh, during the IPL. And I think uh, there's been hardly any amount of marketing that I've seen going around. They probably are just putting up flashes and graphics of the matches that are going to be played, but there's literally no chatter around it. Uh, there's no one who's really focused on it. And I think it's just going to be lost in the whole uh, you know, hype of the IPL because a lot of people are looking forward to the qualifiers and <laughs> sorry, the eliminator of the IPL. And uh, no one really knows about the women's IPL that's happening. And of course, secondly, you know, it's also clashing with the women's Big Bash League, which is happening about 4,000 miles away in Australia. So a lot of players are missing out on the women's IPL this time. But uh, having said that, there are still star players in all three sides. And, uh, you know, the Indian women uh, cricketers will be back in action after the World T20 final that, that they played earlier in March. So I request everyone to watch it because, uh, you know, more more amount of viewership will only lead to more uh, women's cricket being promoted. And uh, there are very big players, you know, these are all torchbearers of women's cricket and uh, there are youngsters who are playing this season. So I think it's definitely going to be interesting and uh, I'm really looking forward to today's match between Supernovas and Velocity. Yeah, and I, I feel very strongly about this uh, in terms of how they've... Um... Uh, brought it in between the group stage and the playoffs. Like you say, I think everybody's looking to the playoffs uh, quite rightly, but I think uh, this has become a bit of a tick box exercise for the BCCI. Yeah. Uh, they, they they can do much, much better. Uh, they, could, they should have a separate tournament, a bigger tournament, and not clash with the Big Bash because, you know, that's a bigger tournament at the moment. But I think the women's IPL can be just as big because, let's face it, the BCCI has got the money. It, it's got yep. the partners to make it into a big showcase tournament like they have with the IPL. Um, yep. And everybody knows how IPL has benefited the men's side. And uh, the women's side, I think, deserves the same, considering how much laurels they bring to the nation. And you mentioned the players. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the three captains, then you've also got uh, Jemima Rodriguez. Uh, they're all household names, in a way, when you talk about in, in Indian women's cricket. Everybody recognizes those names. And there's others that are just dying out to be, um, you know, uh, shown as to how talented they are. I mean, we, we've seen in the IPL how many young Indian players um, have uh, really come to the fore, more than the international stars from abroad. And I think the same can be yep. done for the um, women's uh, game as well. So um, disappointing on this one. I mean, I remember talking about this last year as well. And again, it seemed to be a bit of a tick box exercise not giving its due, which seems to be the case with uh, women's sport in India, even if a federation is full of money, 
Uh, they don't want to give it the same recognition that it deserves. Um, hoping uh, this will be the last time that this sort of, uh, you know, just have three games in between the playoffs um, happens and the BCCI seriously look at uh, having a special tournament, a uh, separate tournament, and uh, put as much effort and time into uh, making that happen because they deserve yeah. it. I mean, the Indian women's team internationally are doing very, very well considering how they were a few years ago to where they are now. Um, they challenged uh, Australia, England, uh, got to the final last year as well. So uh, they deserve it, if nothing else. They definitely deserve it. You know, they made the final of the World T20. I think um, it was a record for the most viewership. I think it was somewhere around 86,000 or 90-something thousand. But it is a phenomenal number, you know, the number of people who turned up at the stadium. Uh, if women's cricket is followed so much in other countries like England, uh, New Zealand, Australia, why can't the same thing be done by BCCI? They definitely have the money to do it, you know, if they're oh, yeah. investing so much of money into the men's game. They certainly should promote women's cricket and unfortunately... Uh, because of the fact that they haven't marketed it, people will probably only read the scorecard uh, tomorrow morning and uh, they won't know half the stuff that's happened in the match. You know, sometimes we have so many amazing moments that happen in women's cricket that you probably won't even have in men's cricket. And uh, uh, probably, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping, um, you know, after this tournament happens and uh, once the Women's World Cup happens next year, a lot more people take interest in it because I'm really not too optimistic about uh, the women's T20 challenge currently uh, getting too much of uh, limelight in the middle of the IPL and what's what's to come with the playoffs. So hopefully there's a lot more in money invested, a uh, lot more talent is unearthed in women's cricket, and that can only do good to Indian cricket as a whole. Hundred percent, absolutely agree with that. And um, hopefully the BCCI is listening uh, because um, they need to change how they treat uh, the women's game, especially uh, considering how, how much um, money they have. Uh, there's no excuse there. But it's something that we will definitely talk about in our next show. Uh, show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we are getting live coverage in the UK, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, so looking forward to seeing um, uh, the talent that's uh, out there in uh, Indian women's cricket as well. Uh, so really looking forward to that. And we'll talk about it in the next show as to how the games have gone and some of the uh, star players that will obviously uh, shine during those games. But... Um, as always, uh, a lot to talk about, and we've packed in a lot. And um, you've given me hope in terms of the capitals. I've given, I'm hopefully, uh, till the second qualifier, and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be meeting and uh, seeing how our boys go. But uh, like I said, nothing's for sure in this T20 format. But uh, fantastic speaking to you again, uh, Prasan. Um, really looking forward to the uh, playoffs, and uh, hopefully, we'll catch up uh, on Saturday. See uh, how uh, some of the things I predicted, because your predictions are normally, well, we've just owned uh, over 70% right. Uh, so we'll see how this goes in the next few days. But brilliant. Have a fantastic uh, rest of the day and week. Enjoy the T20 challenge and obviously the playoffs as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, first of all. You know, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, my predictions, I mean, uh, I don't know. I probably just made an educated guess and it came out right. But uh, you, you certainly are uh, making the finals. Uh, you know, we'll we'll probably have an exciting tussle about that on Saturday when we discuss that. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, a great set of playoffs. With more importantly, hoping that the women's T20 challenge gets its due um, coverage and uh, you know due attention. Hopefully, we'll have a lot more exciting cricket coming up. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to speaking to you on Saturday again. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Take care, my friend. Stay safe.
थैंक यू सो मच यूट्यूब ठीक है बाय बाय